Hello, hello, hello. My name is Bo Kazaza, and <clears throat> this recording will serve as my individual reflection for uh, Module 23, Unit 4, Activity 1, Understanding ADHD and Low Incidence Disabilities. So the goal of this <clears throat> Reflection will be to do the following. It'll be to thoroughly reflect on how the resource created by my group will benefit me in the future. And I'm going to examine how this resource could have helped me in my first year of teaching. Um, currently, I'm actually in the process of switching schools. And next year, I'll start at a new school. Um, and so I will approach this uh, Padlet that was created by the group. I'll talk about how it could have helped me in my previous two years of teaching. Um, and also, I will talk about how it could have helped in my, um, how it may help in my future teaching role. So, let's first take a look, take a look at uh, the uh, disorders we have for us. So, we've got deaf and hard of the hearing. Thank you, Nicole. We've got blind, low vision, BRAG. Uh, TBI, traumatic brain injury. Thank you, Daniel. We have de developmental cognitive disabilities. Thank you, Emily. And we have uh, two forms of ADHD, hyperactive from uh, myself and inattentive from Kay. Thank you, Kay. So <clears throat> looking at uh, all of these, this a bit, looking at all of these columns on the Padlet, one thing that's really key here is that each of these categories, uh, each of these sort of disabilities comes with its own uh, very brief breakdown, which includes um, modifications and accommodations and strategies as well. So for example, if I go over here to deaf and hard of hearing for Nicole, I can get a very casual definition or not casual, sorry, brief definition. Uh, it says deaf usually refers to heart to refers to hearing loss so severe that there's very little or no functional hearing. Hard of hearing refers to hearing loss where there may be enough residual hearing that an auditory device such as an aid or FM system provides adequate assistance. So Nicole gives a definition. Then she talks about symptoms. She's got bullet, bulleted symptoms. And then she's got some student symptoms looking at um, things that might impact students in particular, right? Zeroing in on that population um, and having that there. She's got, for example, having limited or unclear speech, learning problems, not being able to hear everyday sounds like the school bell or morning announcements and so on. Then we move on and she's very neatly got these uh, accommodations and modifications. And she even has a uh, YouTube video talking about some of these accommodations and modifications and seeing them in a real time setting. So <clears throat> in my, uh, in my, um, previous uh, school environment, this would have been a big help because it would have allowed me to uh, take a look at this document and have a set of accommodations and modifications that would have been, uh, they would have been like directly applicable to students who had these uh, disorders or disabilities, right? So for example, teaching, I've taught previously at an all boys school for two years and teaching in that setting, uh, I had a lot of boys who uh, were diagnosed with ADHD. In fact, I would say it was probably the most common learning difference uh, that I ever read an evaluation or a full battery for. And I think most of them, I'd say it was probably 
combined time was the uh, winner in terms of most candidates. Um, obviously, like hyperactive uh, is pretty easy to spot, um, especially in terms of uh, in the setting. Um, it was very easy for me to see, you know, there were boys who in my class who could stay seated for a 50 minute block for an entire math lesson, only needing to get up when they needed to collaborate or sharpen a pencil, use the restroom. And there were some boys who like could not do it. So looking at those boys who could not do it, right, I would use my own resource here. <clears throat> I might go down and I might look at some of these symptoms and I might say, oh, well, oh, well, some of these symptoms apply to uh, apply to this student. And then I might look at the accommodations and modifications, and I might see if there's an accommodation or a modification that specifically is gonna that I think might be useful, or maybe one that I haven't tried. And the same thing's true with inattentive from K, right? I can see the definition; it's very clear. And so, for example, I had a student who was inattentive ADHD, and it was really challenging to work with the student um, A because I. Uh, I have a propensity to follow trains of thought and the student would oftentimes take trains of thought that were off task and run with them. And so when we worked together, it was uh, kind of like it was difficult because we would feed into each other a little bit. Um, but so in that scenario, what I would have is I would go and I would look at the student. We'll call him SG for now. I would look at SG and I would look at these symptoms and I would look and see how many match up. Then I might look at the impact and that would help me kind of understand, kind of put myself in SG's shoes. What is, what is he feeling, right? What is this like for him, right? So the impact is really there to help me as the educator kind of zero in and look at what is happening and how the student is feeling. Then I can run down real quick and I can scroll and I can say, oh, look, I've got all of these great accommodations and modifications. Perfect. Boom. So I know exactly where to go. And I can kind of look at some of these examples and I can say, oh, well, you know, if I want to give SG the opportunity to increase active class, his participation in class, I can look right at Kay's, uh, right at Kay's accommodation that she's put, which is fantastic. So I think... Emily, Daniel, and Virag all did the same, uh, looking at this definition, impact, accommodations, and modifications, and then providing those resources to help as well in the different types. So the main thing is that a document like this is going to allow you to match up with the observational data. It would have, would have allowed me to match up the observational data I was seeing in the classroom with some of these disorders and maybe try some of the accommodations and modifications uh, <clears throat> used here. Now, teaching in an independent school setting, I, I have the luxury of being able to implement the accommodations and modifications listed here by my peers and myself without necessarily needing an evaluation to be put in place. Um, and so that's kind of a freedom and a luxury that I enjoy. And so then <clears throat> moving into my new setting, talking about what that will be like as a, being at an independent school again. I think I'll come back to this document and I'll use this Padlet to um, to look at, to kind of help orientate myself to students who may have a low incidence disability. And these <clears throat> columns, these resources, these definitions, these symptoms, these accommodations and modifications, these impacts, these will all work as jumping off points or reference points to help me 
meet that student. For example, next year I'm expecting to have, I'll probably have a student who has ADHD hyperactive. I might have one that has inattentive. I might have a combined type. Uh, I may very well have someone that is hard of hearing, deaf and hard of hearing. In that case with deaf and hard of hearing, right? I'll come back to this document and I'll look at what Nicole has outlined here. And I might see if there are assistive devices that are, um, that are possible. And if there's not, then we'll move from there. And I might look at the materials that I'm using in the class, any videos or media that I'm showing. And I might look to make sure that all of that can be captioned accordingly. In fact, thinking about that now, I think having captioned media in general is going to be um, kind of like a, something you want to do as a teaching practice. So then, uh, and then also on top of that, if I want to look at more resources, I can run down here to Nicole's section and I can look at some of these resources and gain more information as it is. So really I'm seeing that this document would help me orientate myself to low incidence disabilities in the past and would have given me a jumping off point to kind of learn more about that and kind of empathize with the students, kind of learn, kind of define their disability, learn the symptoms, kind of engage with the impact and then come up with some accommodations and modifications that can really help me work with them, help me support them. So then moving into the future, it'll be more of the same. It'll be the idea is looking at the definition, looking at some of the symptoms. Do the symptoms match my own observations? And then looking at the impact and the modifications and accommodations. And specifically working in an independent school, I'll have the luxury or the ability to look at these accommodations and modifications and put them into place without needing an evaluation to be done. And so I think that will be really key um, in that <clears throat> I'll be able to kind of get right at the heart of the matter and I'll be able to incorporate some of these modifications and accommodations directly into my classroom management system. That might be the end goal is to create a system that allows for low incidence students to be a part of the of my classroom community easily and without trouble at all. Thanks so much for listening. I know this one was a little long, about 10 minutes. Uh, if there are any questions or concerns, please let me know. Thanks so much.